Dan here with a quick note before we start the episode. This was originally the addendum to our next episode of Wire in the Blood, but uh, we ended up talking <laughs> for an hour about the state of the world and the rise of anti-Semitism. So if you're looking for a conversation, so if you're looking for a conversation about that, here it is. And uh, if not, see back here for Wire in the Blood and New Criminal Minds this week. Like this week? We haven't talked about the big political thing that drove drove us end oh. as well, which is which is this whole business with Chappelle, and yeah. that was just. And I'm just going two thousand years, two thousand fucking years, and you still can't get it through your head. Yeah, that this is just a problem. Wrong. This is just wrong. Yeah, you have no right, no, no. right whatsoever. And like I, how many, how many genocides have to happen yeah. before you get it into your head that no, there's no, a discussion doesn't need to be had. We don't need to talk about this. No. It's, it's just wrong. And the end. Yes. And if you don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about Dave Chappelle's. Dave Chappelle went on Saturday Night Live and in a rambling 15 minute monologue, start asking why we don't ha get to talk about how the Jews control Hollywood anymore. Yeah. That's uh, it. That's, that's, that's what basically happened. Basically what happened. And that's the nice way of putting it. Yeah. Now, and, and I will t say two things. One, of course, as Dan had pointed out, in Canada, we have hate laws, right? Yep. And where you saw this, was the entire monologue, like we, in Canada, our television is, we, we get television from the States on our channels yeah. and things. Mm -hmm. um, but, but then when you want to put it online, it goes through a Canadian broadcaster's website. Yeah. And, and what you can't watch NBC.com's or NBC.com or NBC's uh, content here, right? Like you can't go on YouTube and watch Saturday Night Live clips on YouTube in Canada. Like, you're not allowed to do that because a Canadian company has bought the rights to air it in Canada, meaning you have to go to Global's website or Stack TV on Prime yeah. through their global channel and, and stuff like that to they watch. They cut it out. They cut the monologue yeah. out for Saturday Night Live. They just cut the whole yeah. monologue. The monologue, you just can't watch it in Canada and, because, spoiler alert, it's hate, hate speech. Yeah. And what happens is that I did see the monologue on YouTube, but they cut out, there's about a 45 second cutout. So I got the lead in, there's a 45 second cutout and it's just covered over with music. There's just Oof. music for 45 seconds. And then he says something about hundreds of Jews, right? And yeah. I can figure out what he said, probably what he said before. Yeah. What he said leading up to it was bad enough. Mm -hmm. and, you know, so I'm just sort of sitting here. And of course, I teach this stuff. I'm teaching the ancient world and I'm teaching and it just, it drives me crazy. We don't have, we don't have any place. No wonder I'm fed up with my university because these things bother me. There is no place to address these issues. No. Because it, if, if this has nothing to do with Israel and Palestine. No, not at all. Not at all. That's not what this is. It has nothing to do with that. That's its own political nightmare. Yep. And they just put in friggin' Netanyahu again. 
I mean, what a what world are we living in well, that they just put Netanyahu back in? Well, yeah, but it's a whole bunch of, and I hate to say this, Russian Jews. They're still Russians, <laughs> okay. you know. And we've got. A- they are still Russians. You're not wrong. Okay. <laughs> Don't want to talk. About they like their fascists. They like their in fascists Russia. In Russia, they, they love fascists in Russia. So anyway, but that's but that's not what this was about. This is, yeah. and and it didn't help. John Stewart's response didn't help. John Stewart's response made it worse. Made it worse. And John and and Stephen Colbert did not ask his friend the hard questions. Nope. I saw. I did see all of that. He didn't ask his friend the hard questions, and he should have. But I, he just let it go. The only, the only thing was watching Seth Meyers. That was amazing because he just said, "Well, let me see. My wife is a Jew. My wife is Jewish. Uh, her whole family are Jewish. As We're children raising our sons and our daughter Jewish as Jewish. Yep, and." If there's one thing I can say is we don't need to start a conversation. Yeah. It's like, I have been living with, uh, surrounded by Jewish people for over a decade and, uh, they've never needed any help starting a conversation. Oh, I mean, the one that when John Stewart went on Colbert and said, it's, it's good that he said this because we get to have the conversation. There's no conversation to have, John. No, but at, and and remember, remember my my line to this was yes. Okay. But all you have to do is go back to the Weimar Republic. People yeah. agree with me about some of my my stances on the Weimar on Republic, but but the point is, is that there were a lot of Jews in the Weimar Republic he said, who he's just, just he's just saying that to get votes. He's not really going to do it. He's not going to do it. Well, he did it. And millions and millions of you died. I'm going to say the thing I always say. All right. And I mean, it's, it's the history of this is, and this is, this is a, you know, uh, like a four step thing, right? Uh, right. That happens every time. (laughs) Which is people have step one, people have all of this resentment about Jews because of, you know, Who knows a 2000 why? year history of anti-Semitism that we can get into the origins of that. It goes back to Rome yeah, because the Romans had problems with, Hey, Romans had a big problem with Jews before, before Christ ever showed up. So okay. well, yeah, but it was never mind. It was a political, it's another, con- it was a political thing. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't. And it then wasn't. when Rome became Christian, it became a religious thing as well as a political thing. But there's always the political aspect. Never forget it. But the point is step one, people are resentful of Jews. Step two, people loudly start talking about how Jews are causing all these problems. Step three, people start saying maybe there shouldn't be that many Jews around. Step four, people start killing a lot of Jews. And that, and we are now in people start talking openly about how Jews are causing a lot of problems. And I mean, that's, that's the public parlance. Trump has already moved on to step three, which is there shouldn't be Jews in America. All the Jews should be in the Jewish country. Trump said that. Yes. That well, there shouldn't be Jews in America. And in 2000- now, the general conversation isn't at step three yet. But the general st- conversation has made it to step two. After the Holocaust, we have kept step two, Jews are causing a lot of problems, out of the general conversation. We kept it out 
for 40, for 80 years. Yeah. But now we're on to step two. Trump's already at step three. And when the general conversation gets to step three, we're not that far from step four. And that's why, John Stewart, we can't have a debate about this. Because the debate is part of step two. Yeah. Thinking that you can talk with these people. You can't talk your way out of anti-Semitism. They've been trying for 2,000 years. Every single piece of anti-Semitism being a lie hasn't won a debate in 2,000 years. But John Stewart, you think you're going to win this debate? No. The because only solution is to, to not have allow the conversation. The We've been having the conversation for 2,000 years. You know, I mean, starting a conversation. Jesus Christ, John Stewart. You can tell which side of which which part of the Dutch side of my world this is. I mean, I, I gave up on John Stewart with his rally to restore sanity, where we all saw fascism coming, and John Stewart's response was, "Let's stop yelling so much." Well, no, and maybe if we had stopped yelling so much at that point, it wouldn't have gotten to this point. But already at that point. No, but the problem is. I know. You, no, no. One, the, the side that was doing the yelling is the fascist side and they're not going to listen to John Stewart. So his argument was don't yell back. Don't stand up to the fascists. Like, remember when he had the giant montage in that, if you watch footage of that, he has a giant montage of like people on Fox saying horrific stuff and then like, Keith Olbermann being reasonable and him saying, see, there's crazy people on both sides. <laughs> Jesus Christ, John Stewart, you're part of what got us here. Your unwillingness to take that moment and say we have to stand up to fascism is why we're here. One it's not the, the only reason we're one here. One of the reasons, but... But it's one of the reasons. You had a moment where everyone was looking at you and you could have said, the Tea Party is fascism. Yeah. But you didn't. Yeah, but remember how long it took it took it took CNN to call what Trump said were was were lies. I know. I mean, it, well, I mean yeah, they had this big will... debate about saying yeah. okay, well, should we call it lies or not? You know, the big debate okay. they finally came down, you know, I don't know, 3 years in and said I don't I don't want to get too much uh I don't want to get too much into uh unrest here. Right, into like social socialism and theory and all that. But keep an eye on the fact that whenever the economy starts getting real bad for people, yeah. suddenly rich people discover that it's the fault of Jews. Yeah. Oh, jeez. In an amazing coincidence, the rich people realize, hey, poor people, all of these problems you're having, it turns out it was the Jews doing it. Hey, hey, hey come on. Let's look at Russia. <laughs> Well, no, but that was the point I was getting at. Russians were the ones who friggin' codified it in a book. Yeah. The, called the Elders of the Protocols of Zion. The Protocols of the Elders of Zion. And it was a forgery. Well, not made just a forgery. Made by the Russian like, secret police. Made by the Russians. We know who made it. Umberto Eco wrote a brilliant novel yeah. about the guy who wrote the anonymous person who wrote the uh, Protocols of the Elders of Zion. It's called the Prague Cemetery, and it's really? amazing. Just go read it's the Prague It's so Cemetery. good. It's such a good book, and it lets you understand that all of this social unrest, all of this blaming the Jews, all of this is just a way that the people in Powerful use to keep you afraid. Because, spoiler alert, 
there actually is a conspiracy keeping you down, and that conspiracy is capitalism. There is a a giant conspiracy ruining your life, and it's capitalism, and those are the people telling you it's the Jews. You can say, well, there's plenty of rich Jews. That's the thing they're telling you oh here's 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 a funny thing does it i just i just want to point out before you continue richest man in the world real uh the world is out there helping spread anti-semitism do you think that's an accident of course not please go no no what i was just gonna say is frank you know graves equals yeah we both used to work for him Um, we used to work for the research company ecos um it's and its big deal was it was successful for a long time because it was the semi-official uh, researcher for the Liberal Party while they had the government for a decade and a bit. But please. So anyway, Frank Gray. so but what happened was, right, so Frank, uh, so I got a tweet from Frank, like I get a Twitter feed. This one came up and he said, he said now that more, that that more and more people, he said, are leaving Twitter. He said, all of a sudden, I'm getting more and more followers. I don't think that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Frank, I agree with yeah, you. All the bad people are turning up. All oh these, you know, God. I mean, uh, we're not going to get into that discussion because that's a whole there's lots of places to go and have and look that, at that discussion. But no, but right now, the point is, yeah. you have to ban people. And it's like John Stewart saying, you're not letting him play a sport because uh, he said something bad about your Jews. How is that fair? It's fair, John, because playing the sport is gives him a, spo- uh, uh, a soapbox to stand on and a microphone to yell from. Yep. And if what he's going to be, and if he's going to be standing on that uh, soapbox, yelling to that microphone about anti-Semitism and how the Jews are responsible for all the rules in the uh, the wars in the world. Our only responsibility as a society is to move him off the soapbox and take away the megaphone. Yeah. I, well, what else? However, we have to do it. In Canada, we have thrown some of them in jail. In Canada, we throw people in jail. Or in we America, take away. We or we take we, away their 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 Canada medals. Yeah, we take away their medals. In America, they don't let you make Lethal Weapon Five. Okay, and that has to be the solution. And Dave Chappelle getting up and saying that this is prejudice against black people is scumbaggery of the highest order. Because no one is saying, Dave Chappelle, that black people have a problem with Jews. They're saying that Kyrie Irving has a problem with Jews. They're saying Kanye West has a problem with Jews. And they're saying you have a problem with Jews. And if you think that an attack on you is an attack on, uh, Uh is an attack on all black people, you're exactly as bad as Bibi Netanyahu standing in a stage and saying that people who say that standing up for Palestine is an attack on all Jews everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you are, I'm, I'm not, I don't know how we got to the point where Dave Chappelle is the moral equivalent of Bibi Netanyahu, but here we are. But here we are. Jesus. And we, and trust me, we do not like Bibi Netanyahu. <laughs> no, he's the worst. So. Dude is the worst of the worst. I'm not saying he was in on that famous assassination, but I'm saying he made his entire career 
He's turned uh, Israel into a hellhole because of a political assassination <laughs> that he certainly benefited from. And I'm not going to qui bono my way into saying. <laughs> no, no, don't do that because. That they, no, I'm not going to. I'm just saying he is a man who his entire like his entire career is built around. And what has happened to Israel is built around fascists murdering the prime minister of Israel. Because he was willing to look for a two-state solution. And it's not like we could say that's a conspiracy theory. That's why the fascists said he did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Like, yeah, it, no. Because th this two-state solution is the only logical solution. It, yeah. Ultimately, I at least I, I can't see anything else. And that, But that means that a lot of the land that they have taken over. They have to give back. They have to give back. Particularly the, the land on like the yeah. West Bank side of things and all of Gaza, all of the yeah, you know, there's the a whole Bank, bunch of yeah. land they have to give back, and uh, they don't want to do it anyway. But that's a whole other discussion, and that I'm not going to say that the really horrible thing here. I'm just going to stop yes. talking about Israel because I was about to say the horrible thing. Yes, yeah, so don't say it. So I'm not going to say the horrible thing, but I'm saying the point is like you are making the situation worse. Dave Chappelle and John Stewart saying that, well, you know, we need to be having this conversation is enabling these people to make the situation worse. And what I would say is, what I will just say is, as far as I'm concerned, Stephen Colbert, you should have asked him how that conversation was going to go yeah. with Dave. Oh, you want to have a conversation with Dave Chappelle? Tell me how yeah, it's going right. to go. Tell me, tell me um, how you imagine John Stewart, the best version of that conversation. Yeah, yeah. just tell us. And, yeah, and because Dave Chappelle is spouting lies and conspiracy theories that get that have a 2000 year history of getting people killed reliably. Yeah, reliably, reliably yes. of getting people killed. So, no. so tell me how you're going to have a conversation about Dave Chappelle. And by the way, just in case you're wondering, well, why do they run the entertainment industry? First off, the entertainment industry is run by three corporations. And the stock market, very few of who are run by Jews. Jews are not running these giant corporations that own all of the movie studios. And no, if this things, was okay? 1920. Well, no, but I was about to say <laughs> the story, the idea that the movie th studios are run from Jews, run by Jews was true from the 20s to like the early 60s. And the reason is, and this is a fun fact, when a Jews generally, because of prejudice, because of a 2,000 year history of prejudice, <laughs> aren't allowed to work in most businesses yeah. that Christians are in charge of. So when movies got invented, it was a new business, right? And so they uh, got it. So they got into the new business, and they did that in New York and New Jersey because that's where they all lived. And then uh, Thomas Edison got a bunch of goons with axes and Molotov cocktails to burn down all of the Jewish studios in New York and New Jersey. And all the Jews moved to the West Coast because nobody lived there yet. Yeah. And while nobody, every, like, while the West Coast was busy with nobody living there, they bought up all of this land and built these giant studios. And New York, everybody lives there. So it's too expensive to build giant studios there. And so basically they stumbled into getting lucky and building an entertainment industry. But it was only because of anti-Semitism that they got a chance to do it. Yeah. Because if they had stayed in New York, 
it th they would have been in competition with everybody else. They had a whole coast to themselves because they got run off by Edison. Now, and I will, I will, I will say the only good line out of that entire John Stewart interview yes. there was, was well, if you don't, if you don't want us, if you don't want us in, in, uh, he said, if you don't want Jews here, write your own fucking Broadway music. Yeah. Write your own fucking Broadway musicals <laughs> or no Broadway shows. Broadway shows. Yes. Broadway shows. Not and music, and everybody music. needs to go and watch Mel Brooks's yeah. history of the world. Yeah. Yeah, again, this is what I brought up to you on the phone. No, if you want to understand me as a person, uh, just go and watch Mel Brooks' History of the World Part 1 and understand that at six years old, I saw the segment called The Inquisition, which is a Busby Berkeley-styled musical number about the Inquisition. And yeah, that, that has pretty much defined the rest of my life. Mel Brooks coming down as Torquemada. Mel Brooks as Torquemada. And just trying, trying to wrap my head around people torturing and people things literally because of the fact that they were Jews. Yes, that's the not even that's how I understood, found out that a thing called being a Jew existed was this musical number. Yes, well, because it, spoiler alert, I had already been insulted for being a Jew because of my last name, yeah. and I didn't know what it was. I'm not Jewish. No Jewish part of my family either side. You'd have to go real far to yeah, find a Jew anywhere on that family tree, yeah. <laughs> right? But even at that age, I had already been insultingly called a Jew in kindergarten, and it meant nothing to me. And then I saw History of the World Part One, and I found out about anti-Semitism from Mel Brooks and your mother. <laughs> and well, no, because yeah. my mother had to explain to me. It's not like. It's not like that segment teaches you anything, but it's captivating and it holds a kid's attention. And so I had a lot of questions. Yeah. The Inquisition. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's begin. Look out, Sin. We know you're wishing that we'd go away. But the Inquisition's here and it's here to stay. Here. It is a beautiful musical number. It might all be on YouTube. I don't know. Oh, I'm sure. But yeah. You can go um, Just look for Mel Brooks, yeah. The Inquisition. If people uh, like, I got into this fight over the Hidden Object Guru channel for like, for I've spent the past six months in this fight because I made a video saying that it is a morally dire act to make a video game where you have the uh, with Nazis in oh, it, yes. where you have the option to not kill Nazis. Yeah, that it is a moral crime to do that. And people argued with me and blah blah blah. There were good Nazis too. Blah blah blah. As we roll on towards fascism, right now. I'm only going to be proven more and more right. Yes, because Dan's line is, there's no such thing as a good Nazi. No, there's no such... If you put on that uniform and you picked up a gun, you deserve to be counted among every single... Uh, oh, you didn't officially join the party? You're standing in the uniform, you're holding the gun. How do you expect to get treated? You know, at least by us. At least by us. In Russia right now? Guys went and took shots and murdered recruiting officers. Okay? Yeah. If you put on the uniform and you... There's ways to not go. Okay? Blow, like, if if fascists start marching and they try to make you get put on that uniform and march, kill the person who tries to make you put and on you that run. uniform and march. And if you don't, you're as bad as they are. It's as simple as that. Because you can't tell me that... Because there are people in Germany during the Nazi regime... Who did that? Yeah. There were, there were entire groups of German soldiers who started killing SS officers. 
that happened. I mean, they only did it after the war started turning against them, but they still did it. So don't tell me it's acceptable to wear the uniform and hold the gun. And then denied. Denied. And then deny Afterwards. that you were a don't, part of Don't tell me. And go and watch go and watch a documentary. You can see that on YouTube too, I'm sure. Oh Kraut Rock. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. That's an amazing documentary. And these are the children of um so they're they're all they're the children and they created basically electronic yeah. music in Mm-hmm. They Germany. called it, it, it. It's fascinating. Some of my favorite yeah. bands come from there, like Tangerine Dream. I can still yeah. listen to all of this tradition Dream. of German electronica. Yeah, yeah, German electronica, and um, some of it is really weird. But l- when you listen to them and they talk about their education system, go watch the films of um, Fassbender. Yeah. Well, no, Rainer and here's something. Fassbender and, and here's, here's, here's his response. Yeah. Oh God. But here's something fascinating, right? Oh God, Fassbender's fantastic. But here's here's something that I've always found fascinating, and is people white ribbon, white right? white ribbon. Go watch white ribbon. white ribbon. Haneke's white ribbon. Don't watch anything else Michael Haneke has ever made, but watch white ribbon. Watch right. But what white I was going to say, uh, if you want to ruin your month, maybe your year, there's a movie called Come and See, and it is a Russian movie that was originally called Kill Hitler, uh, which is a nice title. Uh, but it's called Come and See, and it is about what anti-partisans were doing during the war in places that the Nazis owned. Because people have it in their head, quite, un, you know, quite understandably, because there, people don't have to take a history of the persecution of Jews and what the Nazis really did in school. They have, when they hear about the Holocaust and they hear there were gas chambers and they hear there were furnaces, you have all of these morons saying, well, they couldn't have possibly gassed that many people, Right. Uh, in X amount of time, we know there, like you get people trying to disprove the Holocaust using math because they're like, oh, well, it takes X amount of time to guess X amount of people to burn X amount of corpses. They don't understand that in every place the Nazis occupied, they just went around killing people 16 hours a day, sometimes up to 18 hours a day. The Holocaust is not, is not, you know, a network of death camps. The, the Holocaust is, People be is 500 people being stuffed into a barn and the barn getting set on fire. And that's what the movie Come and See is about. It's about what was living. Getting a bulldozer and digging huge trenches and then making Jews stand and then in front of the trenches and shooting them and and then pushing the thing back over the trench. So go and watch Come and See and you'll understand why you can't talk about this. Dave Chappelle, go watch Shoah and understand because you can't talk about this, Dave Chappelle. Yeah. Sorry, it's just I, all of these people. Yeah. All right, I'm going to stop being angry. I'm going I'm to let it go. I'm going to stop being angry. This is now, going to be a very long you. episode. Because I'm sorry that we kept you here for an extra 40 minutes after we stopped talking about, and I'm sure most of you stopped when we stopped talking about um, Wire in the Blood. And I understand that. I'm not going to debate okay. you. But the fact is, no, yeah, exactly. It'll be in the episode description. You know, they talk about a heart wrenching episode of Wire in the Blood, uh, talk about real life cases of child abuse, and then spend half an hour talking about anti Semitism. Yeah, you write, you write, you write. I'll write that. I'll write that up in the description this time, believe me. Um, But anyway, the point I'm getting at is like, 
is the point I'm getting at is that it is all based in ignorance. And I hate that Jon Stewart seems to be just as ignorant of this history as Dave Chappelle is. Well, I- because I feel like if Jon Stewart, no, if Jon Stewart knew this stuff, if he had like, I'm sure he has the general baseline understanding of the history of anti-Semitism that all American Jews have to have. Yeah. But I'm saying if he if he knew anything about the actual history and the protocols of the elders of Zion and the insidiousness and the virulent nature and the way anti-Semitism spreads, I can't imagine he would be so flippant as to say, let's have a debate. That's what I'm saying. I feel like he knows nothing about okay. this. And that's what's shocking. And what what what's really interesting is, is that I have put <laughs> I just put I just put in John Stewart and the Holocaust on in Google just to see what would come up. Everything yeah. is John Stewart says censorship not the way to end anti-Semitism. Um John Stewart is right about way. how to fight Damn. anti-Semitism and, and should maybe be our spokes Jew. Did, did John Stewart just downplay anti-Semitism? Yes, that, he did. Yes. John Stewart is not our spokes Jew. He normalized hate speech. That's yes, he did. But here's the thing I just it, want to it, say. It, right, and then we'll then we'll interesting. Con- it's interesting to see that that But it's like the history and the thing that frustrates me the most is that like you can say that so much of this anti this problem between the black and the Jewish communities comes from this history in New York of all of these Jewish landlords owning all of these tenements that uh that these huge number of black people live in. And I understand why that was a huge problem for a huge amount of time, but that's not even true anymore. All of the tenements are owned by mega corporations that own you know, that each one of these corporations owns, you know, uh, that owns a hundred thousand housing units and all of the stuff oppressing you is being done by algorithms. Yeah. We are so far past this being a problem of quote unquote, the five Jewish bankers, which was never true. But like you understood that the Rothschilds were really rich. Spoiler alert. They're not really rich anymore. Yeah, I mean, there's hundreds of Rothschilds that, uh, you know, whatever that first Rothschilds, the French British banker who had, who was the richest man in England, all of that, it's, it's been 200 years. All of that money's gone. Like all of, there's still all of this current anti-Semitism is based on stuff that happened hundreds of years ago oh God! and 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 it was never as bad as the anti-semitic propaganda said it was well apparently you think carnegie was a jew you think jp morgan was a jew yeah 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 go and listen to our angel yeah our angel of darkness podcast yeah Yeah, our two uh our two our two yeah two podcasts about Angel of Darkness and, uh, and J.P. Morgan. Jesus. Yeah, you know, it's, it's uh, and as I said, Hershey. Well, Hershey was actually a nice guy almost. And how he about was, he Carnegie? Was a nice how guy. about Carnegie? Let's look at Carnegie. Carnegie. And, and the stuff that these guys did. Yep. I mean, and and uh, it, it, it just, it's so you just, 
you put it and out. I'm not saying we're too. I'm not saying we're too uh, hateful of anti-Semitic, but it pissed you off to buy a Ford that you loved your Ford so much. <laughs> but what you know? I mean, I, I can't help it. I mean, I, I I fit very well into Fords. They're beautiful cars. And the second, it's just you and know, my second favorite car is a Mercedes. What am I gonna do? I know, right? The only car worth the money. As far yeah, as I'm the concerned. only fantasy car, the only fancy car worth the money is a Mercedes. Everyone agrees. Uh, but anyway, except for, the, the point is, except there is BMW. there is a long history of why, like, and the 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 whole point is, think of anti-Semitism, like climate change deniers. Debating them only gives them a chance to spew hate that might convince an idiot. The basis of anti-Semitism. Is as is every bit as fanciful as every bit is completely divorced from realism as the basis for climate change denial, because all of them are just about secret conspiracies for three guys to make money, and none of it's true. So, in the same way that letting someone debate climate change just prolongs pain and it leads to disaster, letting someone debate anti-Semitism, all it does is lets them spread their message of hate. And yeah, I think I think climate change now is a kind of message of hate too because you're attacking all of us when you attack when you do climate change tonight. When you support oil companies, you're attacking all of us. And when you attack and uh, when you attack Jews, it's the exact same thing. It's based on nothing and it causes only disaster. We have had 20 years of sorry, we've had 25 years of knowing we have to do something about the climate right now. And instead of just taking all of the money that oil companies have and shutting down the oil industry, we have allowed the oil industry to convince us that we need to debate the issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and look where that's... Where it's and gotten. where has it gotten us? Yeah. <laughs> it's only gotten worse. And if you let anti-Semites debate the- tell you that there is a debate to be had, they win. Well, it's funny. Every time they allowed, they're allowed to keep speaking, they win. Yeah. And the thing is, it's not like John Stewart isn't. I mean, he did accuse Rowling, Rowling of anti-Semitism in Harry Potter. Yeah. You know, she I mean, he does. Spoiler. He does do that. Iran thinks he's an agent of Mossad. So, you know, I mean, he can't ultimately. But with this, no, but when it's his best friend. Yeah, that's the problem. It was his friend. And that's you. You got to get over that. It's. I told somebody once when they were. I. I was in a conversation. There was something had come up, and I just went. And this person said to me, "But that's my friend." And I said, "That has nothing to do with it. Whether mm-hmm. you're a friend or not, this is an issue, yeah. and you can't just ignore. And in all good, whatever." A year later, or a year and a half later, this particular person then said, uh, Sheila, by the way, you were right about that particular... He di- didn't say what it was or anything because there were a whole bunch of people around, so nobody else kind of knew what he, we were talking about, but he did say, you were right. Yeah. And, and you know, you know when your friends... Like sometimes you have to stand back and you're not going to go. Like it's really hard dealing with people. You have to slowly bring them along. Now, if John Stewart had said, look, what he did was wrong and what he said was wrong, 
And it's going to take me a hell of a long time to explain to him. And it's going to be really difficult for me to explain to him why he's wrong about what he said. I would have said, okay, John Stewart, I'll give you some time here. Yeah. Okay, you can have all the time you want. But to to say that that it's a free speech and this is beginning the conversation. No, it's not beginning the conversation. The conversation has been going on for 2,000 years. And for 2,000 years, the Jew, Jews, to quote Marilyn Monroe, have been getting the suck end of the, the yep. stick end of the lollipop. And that's yep, all there is the to lo- it. Go watch. Mm-hmm. Um, I just watched uh, What's Its Face again. You know, my Which? favorite my favorite Marilyn Monroe with... No, Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. No, 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 no. The other oh, one. No? You know, the one with... Oh, well, right, of course. <laughs> what am I saying? Yeah. Uh, yeah um, uh, uh, the Billy Wilder. Yes. Um, Jack uh, Lemmon oh, and God, Tony. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jack Lemmon and Tony Curtis. This is really embarrassing. And it's in black and white. Uh, they have to pretend to be women. It's a perfect. It's movie. a perfect. It's a perfect movie, and the ending of it is perfect. I can't marry yeah. you because I'm a man. Every nobody's but, perfect, and so so there there's Joey Lewis going. Well, nobody's perfect. I know. Oh, mother's going to love you. I know. <laughs> Dear Lord, I marry you. I'm a man. Nobody's perfect. Oh it's the my whole God. Ends. No, it's a perfect movie. Like there's there's not a bad moment in no. it. No. I, I love that movie so much. But yeah, they they get the stick end of the lollipop. Yeah. The Jews have always had it. And that and you're absolutely right to say uh, like you can't have like John Stewart has this incredibly not and I mean there's so many people out there who have, and this is going to sound like I'm a terrible person, and I'm willing to sound like a terrible, some like it hot is what the movie That's is. it. Some like it uh, hot. All right. Uh, <laughs> but like, it sounds like a terrible person, but people have, and it is mostly Americans, but unfortunately, Americans take up such an ungodly amount of the mind share, right? And of this space that their their opinions get out there, but they have this brain virus that has managed to convince them that the solution to everything is more free speech. <laughs> and hey, was it, how did it work out for Carthage? Yeah. That, uh, oh God, I'm blanking his name. You know, the Senator, right? Ended every speech he ever said with, uh, oh, and by the way, we have to kill everyone in Carthage and raise Carthage to the ground. How did that free speech work out for Carthage? Cause Carthage came, they made every political you know, uh, they made every political uh, compromise they could. Cicero they made every social. Near, yes. Who was it? Cicero. Cicero. Thank think... you. Now remembered for. No, yeah. it was Cicero. Now remembered for his great speeches, which all ended with we have to kill everyone in Carthage. And they made every political. They made every trade. They shut down their military. They didn't have a navy. And was that enough? They did every single thing the Romans wanted, but uh, but uh, Cicero ended every speech with, we have to kill everybody Carthage in Carthage. must be destroyed. Carthage must be raised to the ground. And finally, they, uh, <laughs> they balked at one demand, and that demand was, you have to tear down Carthage and move the whole city 30 miles away from the sea. And Carthage was like, are, are you kidding? And then Roman's like, well, there's our pretext for killing everybody in Carthage. It's called, in Latin, it is Cathargo Delenda Est. (laughs) Yes, Carthage must be destroyed. And that's my point. Did 
did did Carthage's free speech help that situation? No. No. Sometimes when there are ideas so toxic and destructive that they cannot be allowed to be spoken. And anti-Semitism is one of those is one of those thoughts. Yeah. I would argue that the content of the Turner Diaries. Oh God! Well, they they should. I mean, I'm not. But I I think that owning. I mean, you want to say? I think owning a copy of the Turner Diaries should get you on a list. Maybe you have to do a program about anti-Semitism. You know? Yeah. Well, go listen to our um our uh, white supremacy episodes of Wise Guy. Uh, arc of yeah, Wise Guy. Because yeah. we didn't do this kind of thing. We didn't go this deep into it there because we assumed everybody knew that anti-Semitism was bad. Imagine, imagine what we'd be saying about those four episodes of Wise Guy had it happened after Kanye and Kyrie and Dave Chappelle. Yeah, <laughs> you know? but there. But the thing is, is that stupid thing that trope is now past. You know, you. you you have to attach it to Christianity because that's really what made it big Roman yeah, Christianity. Yeah, okay. And then Absolutely. it just is part of the Christian mythology. And then, so you're trying to fix that in the, in the 20th century, people started to try and fix that, you know, 500 years mm -hmm. after Luther, they, you know, they, they, they're apologizing. Lutherans are apologizing for all of this stuff. Right. Okay. Well, yeah. yeah uh-huh. Thanks. Thanks. You know, 500 years later, the Pope is kind of, kind of going, okay, well, what? I guess we gotta, we gotta say something about that. That's 1500 years. Our bad. Um, yeah. but it still doesn't because it goes beyond that so that you have, you have what we, we call secularized anti-Semitism. So it's changed mm. instead of being the religious rationale. It is now an economic rationale. You find some rationale because these have been real good scapegoats to get people going for centuries yeah. and centuries and centuries. So way we just got to change what their what their what their bad is, why yeah. they're evil. Yeah. Well, it's the economy, and understand that in the world's population, how many billion people do we have in the world? In 2015, they accounted for. 0.001% of the world's population. Give me a friggin' break. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And most of them live in the States. And the States is, of course, the hotbed. So. Yep. Or, no, I guess, uh, you know, I think more of or the largest conglomeration outside of Israel is in the States. Really? Now, well, yeah, sense. sounds about right. Right? So, um, you know, I'm a, uh, a bit, you know, I'm a big fan of those. Uh, I, I never really knew about James Thurber, right? Uh, just historically speaking, I didn't grow up with the stories. Like, there were none of his copies of short stories in the house that I know of. Uh, but. Or I did have one, the, uh, the, the, the seal in the bedroom. Okay, I just, I guess I hadn't read it. But uh, Keith Olbermann, my favorite commenter, talks about it a lot, uh, talks about him a lot, and just uh, is a big fan of his, like a ridiculously big fan of his, right? And the thing that came up was he read this wonderful story from his um, collection of modern day fables. Mm -hmm. 
and uh and it's all about a bunch of you know uh <laughs> and it's like and it's about rabbits and how the wolves keep saying that these rabbits are responsible for everyone knows that the rabbits are responsible for everything wrong in the world yeah. and uh uh and how the rabbits fled to, uh, you know, fled across the sea. But then people just kept saying, but the, the wolves have said that they've passed a law that says they're not going to kill all of you as long as you live in the rabbit warren. Yeah. <laughs> and so they sent them back. And I'm like, I'm listening to the story and I'm like, like, here is a guy, here is like one of the foremost humorous of the 20th century writing about the time that America set all of those Jews back to get killed by germany because germany pinky swore that it wasn't going to kill all of them and geez and yeah i mean in canada's canada does not have a oh no it's not like canada has a great thing to offer in this situation either. no we, we, we we've got no we've got no start on that one. no we have no proud we have no pride <laughs> no, to say no, here no no nothing and so what it comes down to is it's like but it's like that's what I, I just look at the how fresh that was in the memory of everyone yeah. that James Thurber, a humorist, would say, this is the great sin of America that we sent Jews back to be slaughtered in the Holocaust. Yeah. And here we are, you know, 70 years later. And what are we looking at? Like, what is what is ramping up right yeah. now? So yeah, um, if you're wondering why we're so upset, then we haven't done a good job of job of explaining why we're so upset. An interesting week. Oh, oh, oh! But it's been a week. Good news. Please. The Intel Core 17-12700K octa-core 3.6 gigahertz processor is finally on its way to Best Buy, so my grandson... Long story short, she's buying her grandchild a computer, and it's going to be there in time for her to give it to him for Christmas. So, yay! All right. Uh, wow. All right. So, we're going we're gonna to wrap it up here. Sorry that we rambled for an hour about anti-Semitism, but uh, we were full of a lot of fury this week for the simple fact that uh, people aren't taking this as seriously as it needs to be taken. Because this only, like, uh, uh, it's not true that the ratchet only moves one way, okay? You can shut this stuff yeah. down, but you have to be willing to shut this stuff down. And you have to understand that shutting this stuff down is what needs to happen. Mm -hmm. You cannot win a debate against someone who believes the earth is flat. Yeah. Because they don't believe, none of these people came to these beliefs because of evidence that was presented to them, because of true evidence that was presented to them, okay? You can't win a debate. Like, I mean, there's a degree to which can you ever win a debate, but that's that's a whole other conversation. These people are not off, uh, you know, they are not operating based on rationality. They're not operating based on facts, right? And if you want to know, like, how bad things are, Ben Shapiro, who a, a right, a, an extreme right wing freak on the internet, whose entire, whose entire persona of, of everything he's comes from is I'm the only moral person because I'm a, I'm a conservative Jew, right? 
That's his entire persona is that he's a conservative Jew. He ain't orthodox, but he says that my, his like, I'm the more moral one because I'm a conservative Jew. He's on the side of the anti-Semites. Of course. I'm... But it's like, if you ever, so if you ever have to know, right, what the wrong side of an issue is to be on is look at what Ben Shapiro is saying. Yeah. And even he's, and it's like, and it's not a situation where you'd think the fact that his entire credit comes from being Jewish, this one time he would get it right. But even he's getting it wrong. Never mind. That's how bad this is. The man who will call anything anti-Semitism isn't calling, you know, eliminationist talk against Jews anti-Semitism. Do you know why? Because at the end of the day, like all right-wing talking heads, he works for rich people. Yeah, and who, and, and we'll have to bring the, who was the right-wing commentator? Which uh, he used to be on um, PBS. I think he's died now. Um, oh. Pat Buchanan? No, 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 no. This guy. Because there's an anti-Semite. Yeah, no, no. There's, no, no. He was, he was from New England. And he was conservative, okay. and he used to be able to have decent debates between conservatism right. and liberalism and the rest of it. Oh, um, uh, uh, I'm trying to remember. Uh, firing line? Well, he he might have been on there at the odd time. No, so not the firing line guy. No, not the firing line guy. Um, he was a writer for the New Yorker or for the, not the, one of the, oh God, magazines, when they used to have right. magazines that had decent concern. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. When there used to be such a thing as a conservative intellectual. Yeah. Back conserv in the day. Back in the day. And he was one of them. And, and yeah. what he, he, he would, ar he was arguing that there wasn't any anti-Semitism really in America anymore. And then he decided, so, of course, he decided that he was going to prove this. And he wrote a little book, and I have it here somewhere. I'll try and remember the name. He wrote a little book, and it was basically, oh, guess what? I was wrong. <laughs> and and his whole book is just his explanation of all of the things that he went through. like and Yeah, because he was an honest conservative. Those honest. don't exist anymore. He just went, holy shit. Yeah, no, I, I had no this, idea. But guess what? I was wrong. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, but it's like it all. And that's the point. All of this race hatred. Yeah. Right. Because people like um, I, I have here next to me. Right. Uh, I'll tell you about the thing I have next to me in a second. But um, all of this race hatred was bubbling under the surface. Right. Yeah. And then Obama became president. And suddenly it got let out. Yeah, that's the problem. Right. Right. It got let out. And Trump became president and all of this stuff got let out. And the point is, things start, start getting worse when you let it out. And like, I would, I, they have this idea that Jon Stewart expressed that you can clean out the wound, right? Yeah. That you can open it up and clean out the wound, but that's never been how it works historically. Letting it out just don't think of it as an infected wound. Think of the idea itself as a virus. And as long as you contain the virus, you're safe. 
Yeah. You know, this isn't an infected wound. This is a virus that's spreading. And you're saying the way to get make the virus better is to get as many people as possible exposed to the virus. No, you quarantine the virus. And that's the only way to stop a virus. Uh, and I mean, the thing is, uh, or else you get uh, utter nonsense. So this is a this is a true for fact about me. A, lot, a couple of times ago when I was visiting you, I was thinking about, uh, I saw a book on your shelf and you're like, you have this ironically, right? And you were like, yeah, of course I have it ironically. It's Dinesh D'Souza's The End of Racism. Yeah, he tried. <laughs> well, no, but the thing is, it was the 1990s and it was the Clinton era. We were at the end of history nonsense and people like... All of the, all of the racists were dead. There were only two active segregationists left in the Senate. <laughs> Fun fact, like people listening to this, there was a man in the Senate in 1995. His name was Strom Thurmond, who literally had run for president in 1948 as the head of the segregationist yep. party. Yes, he had a black daughter. Yes, he had a secret black daughter. But that's not the point of the story. <laughs> we found that out a lot later. And Dinesh D'Souza, this guy, went out and he wrote this insane book trying to prove that there was no racism left in America. Oh, by the way, he is he is Indian, in case you're wondering about the name. Yeah, he is Indian. And he was a researcher, but he was a right-wing researcher. And he wrote this in this book about just like your book, except it's much less honest than that book. Because if someone did an actual look into racism in 1995, they would have found out that the racism was still there, but we had successfully gotten it quarantined to the bad parts of the internet and people weren't openly talking about it. And so we've got this book called The End of Racism, which is this, like, it is essentially an ode to naivete, right? And if you look at the last 15 years of Dinesh D'Souza's life, it is more and more insane, hysterical right-wing nonsense. And it's just like a double down and triple down on everything's fine. Everything's fine. The right wing is fine. Everything's fine over and over again. And every time I go on vacation, I have this book and I want to use it as kindling <laughs> because it's Dinesh D'Souza pretending racism doesn't exist anymore. And I can never bring myself to do it because at the end of the day, I can't burn a book. Well, I have a problem with that. Yeah. I keep thinking about it and I keep wanting to throw books in the garbage. And I, keep going, I can't burn ah. a book. At the end. And, and, but I mean, I, that's what I'm saying. I know what John Stewart is feeling because I suffer for it, uh, suffer for it too. There is nothing of value in Dinesh D'Souza's career. There's nothing of value in this book. But at the end of the day, if you ask me to throw a book on a fire, I can't do it. Because I know what that means and I know what that represents. And I don't want to stop investigations into things. But at the same time, there are ideas so toxic that you have to put them aside, that you have to hide them away. And I don't think it should be legal to sell a copy of Mein Kampf. No. Okay. I think if you want to go to a library and read a copy of Mein Kampf that has to stay in the library for research purposes and educational purposes, you can. But I think it should be illegal to sell a copy of Mein Kampf. I feel that way about the Turner Diaries. I feel that way about everything Dinesh D'Souza has ever written, or at least his output for the last decade, right? Like, there is stuff that exists only to increase the amount of hate in the world. Yeah. And 
anti like any discussion of anti-Semitism, this book and movie Kyrie Irving is obsessed with, right? This black Hebrew Israelite stuff. <laughs> it exists only to increase the amount of hate in the world. And I, I don't think we should be afraid of banning ideas. And I know that's a weird place for someone of my politics to end up, but we have a two, like, I always say that how are we still talking about trickle down economics when we have a 40 year history of it never working once for the outcome that Laffer said it was going to have? Like the Laffer curve has failed at everything it was supposed to predict for 40 years in a row, constantly. And people still, people still, you know, debate whether we should believe in trickle down economics. And every time I say that, I think, well, we're still talking about anti-Semitism 2000 years later. Yeah. There are toxic ideas that only cause harm, like trickle down economics and anti-Semitism. And we have to do our best to completely destroy those ideas because there's no point in debating them. Because the people who believe them don't believe them because they're true. They believe them because it helps them achieve an outcome that they already wanted. Whether that outcome is giving the rich people more money or getting rid of the Jews, they have something they want to accomplish, and these things help them get there. And that's all it, that's all it is. All right. So, uh, I think we should wrap this up here. <laughs> Because I just started talking about trickle down economics. We don't want to go down that road now. Well, no, but it's it's a but it's part of the same oh, yeah. story. It is. It's all part of it. But this this goes to starting a different type of uh, podcast as well. Yeah, I know. We, right? we were uh, we're not going to talk about. I mean, but the thing is, it's like here on Profiling Criminal Minds, we've always oh, when something big happened in the news. Ever since the plague started, whenever something big happened in the news, we jumped in and we talked about it. And that is what this is the tradition. This should have been a Sunday show. It might be a Sunday show. I might edit this out from okay. the end of uh, Tony <laughs> and we'll just post it tomorrow. Yeah, we'll post it. Yeah, you, that probably. That's okay. when it was when it was going to be 20 minutes. It was going to be part of the last episode. So uh, I hope you enjoyed okay. listening to this. You won't hear the episode of Wire in the Blood that it was supposed to be about until Thursday. Yeah. Okay, and the person I was talking about was William F. Buckley Jr. Yeah, that's the William On F. Buckley. The, yeah, the, line, the fire yes. line guy. Yeah, William F. Buckley Jr. The fire line. Couldn't guy. Remember yeah, yeah, his yeah. name? <laughs> yeah, no, I couldn't remember his name. But it's uh, yeah, and he's well, no, he's famous for being uh, he's famous for being the guy who kicked the John Birch Society out of the Republican yeah. Party by writing that book. He kicked the John Birch Society out of the Republican Party. But spoiler alert. They didn't leave. They just hit. Yes. Well, that's the all the old thing, right? Like, I mean, the thing is, uh, you know, I'm sure Donald Trump has never heard of the John Birch Society, but he is if the John Birch Society was a person, because he's the same person as Alex Jones, who's like dad was, you know, a uh, big John Birch Society guy. And by the way, the Koch brothers responsible for all of the bad stuff in politics. Uh, do you know what their dad did? I, he founded the John Birch Society. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. He's the founder of the John Birch Society. Yeah. You 
case you're wondering what the John Birch Society, it's named after a guy who was the fr- supposedly the first American to be killed by a communist soldier in um, the Korean War. In case you're wondering why they call it that. it's a, a, He himself was not a virulent anti-Semite. They just used his story for their virulent anti-Semitism and anti-leftism. Just FYI. In case you were curious why it's called that. <laughs> all right. So yeah, all of this stuff, it's always about money, everybody. It's always about money. They try to tell you it isn't. Okay. And the book he wrote is called In Search of Anti-Semitism, 1992. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, William F. Buckley, the the last honest conservative. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm, uh, and if you want to watch something amazing, right? Um uh best uh enemies it's this documentary about the time that it was like i think the 1968 uh de- de- presidential uh, like the democratic debates and you know the whole what all or maybe it was the convention the debates the convention but the point is they did a week long of coverage and the two people they got to cover it uh live in studio for those 5 days were William F Buckley and Gore Vidal. Oh yeah, they, but they had a feud. Well, this is this is what the documentary is about. It's about their feud. So yeah, if you want to watch something incredible, that documentary. I think it's called Best Enemies. And wow. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so anyway, that's that. Um, we'll see you back here on Thursday for the episode we just finished recording. <laughs> okay, and now we're going to have to do. You're going to have to all. No, no, I'm going to do, I'm going to do an end thing now. And we're just going to paste it on. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, well, no, yeah, actually you're right. I'll do too. Uh, as always, I want to thank you for listening. If you have any questions, comments, uh, drop us a line at profilingcriminalminds at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. If you're listening to this on an app or podcatcher, please rate and review because that's how new people find the show. We'll see you back here on Thursday for the episode of Wire in the Blood we just saw. But until then, I'm going to say that's right. Au revoir. And have a good week. Again, Criminal Minds Thursday. And wait, no, listen, listen, listen. We'll see you back here tomorrow, hopefully, maybe Saturday, for the new episode of Criminal Minds. But until then, we'll say that's right. Au revoir. It's your line. Oh, have a good weekend. Profiling Criminal Minds is a member of the Kinks podcasting network.